hello what's up everyone uh welcome to the show you're listening to the skeleton key podcast i'm your host kagan and joining with me as always is keegan and back with us again for another episode is my brother tate what's up tate what's going on how we doing good hell yeah uh how'd you guys how's your guys day going what'd you guys do today uh school how's yeah. school everything good oh yeah anything inter- interesting happen nope <sighs> the first the first weird thing that happens in one of your classes you have to tell me you know no, I, I won't. yeah you, you have to i'm waiting for it at like, some point like what do you mean weird like just like something that's some, not supposed to happen happens yeah i don't know just like something that like you know like if you go to class every day it's just something that you you and you you like come home here you know like you do yeah. and like you don't tell me like how class was there's something that like makes you that makes you think like you have to like you know say it oh okay okay yeah, yeah like someone like um like arguing really hard um a fight um someone like falling out of their chair just something like that anything I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'll let you know if any of that happens. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like I feel like something has to happen at some point this year. You know, because if you yeah. have enough people in like one room, at some point something's gonna fucking happen. Oh yeah, for sure. That's what I think. Well, I did uh, the my first day of class actually. Some smelly ass kid sat right <sighs> next to me. Gross. Yeah, that's. I don't know why people can't fucking shower or wear deodorant. <laughs> it's fucking disgusting. Um, but no. Uh, so, <clears throat> you guys. We're ready for this week's episode? Yeah. It's been yeah. a while since it's been in the old saddle. Yeah, it has been a while. I mean, it, it'll, it, it's going to be weekly again. It will. It's just been a rough, it's been weird. It's been a weird past few weeks. Yeah. It's been, it's been a weird past, uh, past few weeks. I've had to get some stuff in order. Had a birthday, which was lo- it was a long weekend. What are you, 36? I'm 27. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking prick. <laughs> um, but no, yeah. So, um, guys, this week's episode, we are talking, I think Keith already. Keith already knows what it is. I, I told you already. We are talking No Place Like Murder, True Crime in the Midwest by Janice Thornton. Not by that A.B. cuck. No, not by Kevin McQueen. Because, hey, you know what? I'll say this. Janice Thornton kicks ass. Because I'll, I'll, So what this is essentially is I know how much you guys like hearing like, you know, about um, Indiana or Midwest stories. You know, mm-hmm. you guys talk like you guys like Horror in the Heartland quite a bit, I think. Yeah. And so... I, one day I just like looked for a bunch of books about murder uh, or it's true crime in the Midwest. And this is, this is what I found on Amazon. It's got 20 stories in it. Damn. Yeah. 20 stories. Um, they're all like, you know, five, six pages each. Something so like it look pretty lengthy. Really? Like, it's cool. Yeah. Um, it's big. It is big. Yeah. I'll just, I'll let you read it after this, but no. Um, so what she managed to do here was the one thing that Kevin McQueen couldn't do when he, um, wrote Horror in the Heartland, um, which is called find a story. That took place in Orleans, Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> Hometown. So that's what I managed to do. So this week's episode, we were talking on the run in Orleans, two desperate desperados. Two desperate desperados. Not yeah. much of them going around, going on down there anymore. No, there's not. Wait, hey, you can bring it back though. <laughs> oh yeah, I probably could very easily. You could, yeah. You can, order, <laughs> I, you can probably get away with a lot, honestly. But. Yeah, you can. I, so there was a guy driving a four wheeler around like the town square. We <laughs> went to go to Speakeasy. Remember that? Yeah, I used yeah. to work with him at the shop I used to work at. <laughs> like I said, he didn't have face tattoos when I worked with him, but he did then. Yeah, so it, apparently, some stuff happened to him. It looked <laughs> like life went straight down. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and then the cop pulled him over, and it was just, it was fu- just fucking funny. <laughs> Uh, but no, yeah. So I, I, I think everyone should. I think you should pick this book up. I think uh, you can get it on Amazon. It's fucking great. It's got tons of awesome stories. I mean, I've only read like three of them in here. There's like 17 more I haven't. So, but no, I just thought it was insane that when I got this book, the first um, story I opened up to was story number eight, and the first thing it said was Orleans 1906. 
That's crazy. So yeah, I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? And I started reading a little bit more and it was like, oh, okay. Orange County. Yeah. It's like, oh, Paoli. Okay. This is, yeah. this is, yeah, this is Orleans. Yeah. But no, <clears throat> I think everyone should pick up the book. I highly recommend it. It's fucking awesome. If you love, you know, like historical true crime, especially um, in the good old Bible belt of Indiana. And so with that, let's get to, to an overview real quick. So our episode this week takes us to, of all places, Orleans, Indiana, where we find a brother-in-law duo consisting of John Robbie and Oliver Haycock <laughs> <laughs> on the run from law enforcement through the muddy marshland of Orange County. But what brought these two so-called outlaws to their current situation? They're, they claim, and this is what they claim, they claim collusion between the mafia and their neighbors. But when it comes down to it, and the evidence points the evidence really just points to them being hard-headed, trigger-happy ruffians who shoot first and ask questions later. Why the hell are these idiots in Orleans, Indiana? They were just that's uh, they were, they were just from there because they were from there. Like you were you were from Orleans, Indiana. <laughs> it's just like like that's where they were born. <laughs> I don't go around shooting people though. Mm. Well, this is 1906. This is back in the day. This is back in the day when, I mean, like, you know, like through our Carl Panzeran, like, series. Like, you could do just whatever you want. And I would like to think, I would like to wonder what Orleans was like back in the day in 1906. Like, was it like dirt roads through the town square with, it was horse and, horses and carriages. Oh, I guarantee it, yeah. They just like, yeah. I, they, yeah, because, well, when was, when did they get blacktop? I, I'm going to look that up. Like, at what point would Orleans have been blacktop? Because this is definitely, this is a long ass time oh, ago. Wait, you said 1906? This is 1906, yeah. This is Shit. dirt. This is like dirt fucking roads you know uh by the uh uh the just that big ass gravel lot yeah that's vacant since there yeah yeah it, there was a theater like an old ass theater but it burnt down i have to look up when it was built so honestly it might have been night like that early probably that's just weird that's weird man i don't know oh well no i don't think they had theaters in 1906 no i don't think so no, no okay never mind I, do, I don't think they did did they no there's no way um but no yeah so they were both they were both known around the town for being lazy degenerates um, who were quick to go for violence. But they but they disagree with that in the story, and I'll get to that later on. Uh, and so this basically happened. Like what happened here was it basically a disagreement among a neighbor or someone that they knew in town. That's what, what um, the story hinges on. Uh, but at the end of the day, these two were murderers, plain and simple. More specifically, cop killers, since this, since this story ends with the death of one officer in the near-fatal shooting of another so, without further ado, let's see how these two ignorant idiots found themselves running for their lives while being chased through the fields of southern Indiana by an angry mob. <laughs> starting, yeah, starting with what Robbie and Haycock claimed happened that night. Which, I'm, gonna, I'm only going to be referring to him as Haycock this whole time. Because that is just such a ridiculous yeah, name Haycock. to me. Yeah, I'm only going to be calling him Haycock. Haycock. Yeah, and I've got, I've got several times in this episode where I make fun of his name. Why? Before, there's a guy named John Hancock, and he's a badass. John Hancock. <laughs> Take bring up the, the Will Smith movie reference. Hell yeah. John, what movie is, is that? Hancock. Hancock? never saw it. No, yeah, I've never seen that one. He never watched Hancock. We should shove his head so far up that guy's ass. Up that guy's ass. And then he fucking does it. God. <laughs> that, 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 that movie's awesome. Keith, I can't believe you love Will Smith a lot. I figured you yeah, would have seen the, Han Hancock. Yeah. But uh, no. Uh, before that, the theater I was telling you about, it was a dry goods store in the 1890s. So these idiots might have went in there they definitely went in there yeah that's crazy. yeah they, def they, they definitely did and, and and also i'm going to show you their mug shots because they have the mug shots of these two people in this book so i'll show you their mug shots when we like some um like when we get done yeah that's wild so actually you know what i don't give a shit i'll just fucking show you right now so yeah here are the people here are the um, people that we're gonna be talking about in this story so uh top to bottom so um top is john robbie bottom is haycock 
Robbie. Hancock's like a thumb. Hancock looks. <laughs> Hancock looks like what you think a guy <laughs> named Hancock looks like. Show, show Tate, Keith. I like the I fuck with the dude's stash though. Dude, everyone had a mustache back then. <laughs> everyone had a mustache back then. Looks like the fucking Lorax. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, again, I'm going to post a picture of these two on the page. When we, like, when the guy looks like he's straight out of the fucking Marines. Dude, hey, wait, Robbie was known as like, I think I had, they described him as gruff and handsome, I think. Um, but he was um, like, what's the word for here? Like not like not well, like unkempt kind of like he he just had a shitty attitude. No. But he looked like gen- he looked gentleman like they said. But no, yeah. So those are the two we're talking about in the story today. Um, so this is what they claimed happened, and I'm, and, and I'm going to bring up stuff throughout that kind of shows it's somewhat easy to poke holes in their story and also how it's completely and utterly their fault that this all happened to them, even though they claimed that it wasn't. <laughs> so um, this is Robbie and Haycock's story. <clears throat> Bullshit. <clears throat> so Robbie claimed on, that, on the day of the incident, which is uh, March 31st, 1906, he and his brother-in-law, the aforementioned Oliver Haycock, made a trip out to the local feed store to buy some corn for that evening. But after they got the corn, Robbie said he was stopped by the feed store's the feed store owner's owner's son, Charlie Phillips. And this is where the story goes downhill. So it, it, it really did start the local feed store. Like, that's it, that's what it started at. Just some small, old-timey town bullshit. Like, the local feed store, there's drama getting brought up. <laughs> so the saloon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, they're just there to fucking buy corn and, and wheat and seed. <laughs> and then there, there's, and this is what's about to happen. So John and Robbie, John and Robbie claimed that Phillips demanded he put the corn down and that he couldn't shop there. And Robbie told Charlie Phillips to go fuck himself. So the argument finally escalated to a fist fight with Phillips picking up a small bat and hitting Robbie numerous times in the head with it. And that's when Haycock came in. Haycock's the one you guys want to show up. He's the Alec Baldwin in this story. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> So Haycock grabbed his revolver and ran to Robbie's aid. And after seeing that Haycock was armed, Charlie Phillips' friend, a man with another stupid name, John Elrod, raised his revolver and began to fire. I really can't with these names. I yeah, can't. I Oliver Haycock and John. Yeah, no, we talked about this actually. Yeah. There was like a girl, there was like a guy um, that had the last name Elrod in like a Peyton's grade or a year yeah, below. Peyton's, yeah. yeah, so it's 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 entirely plausible that his great great grandfather or great great uncle got shot or got like this was him. Mm-hmm. So, um, Haycock grabbed his like I said he grabbed his revolver and um, John his um, Chad Phillips's friend John Elrod raised his and he began he began to fire. Um, after Elrod missed several times, Haycock fired back, striking Elrod in his right arm. Robbie and Haycock both claimed. This is what they claimed, that as Phillips and Elrod ran off, they yelled back a threat at the two men, saying, saying that they would be sending assassins from the mob after them and that they would, would regret what they had done that day. So I, I, I think I explained this to uh, you guys, or Keith, a little bit. So they probably didn't say that because this is Orleans, Indiana. Yeah. In 1906, like I said, fucking just like... Like ha- like limping horses walking down the dirt farm roads. And like, the mob, there's the mafia. Hey, the, the mafia was right down the road, Paoli, or not Paoli? Sorry, French Lick. No, 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 no. They they don't be spreading false things. They <laughs> they stopped at French. They stopped at West Baden when they were in town to do their meetings. They didn't. They were never stationed there. No. Yeah, they just like Al Capone went to West Baden like when he was meeting up with all the like with the mafia people like around the area. <laughs> yeah, that's where they'd meet at. But no, yeah. So I they these were fucking farmers at the local feed store in Orleans. Ain't no fucking mob connections there. And also, and also if they had, if they even, there's a possibility that could have happened. Like 
you guys ever get mad and you just yell shit? You know, like when you're mad, like, you know, like obviously these guys got beaten up. I can see it entirely possible. It's like, we're going to send the fucking mob after you because when they're running off, they could have said that. But that mm-hmm. doesn't mean they had fucking mob connections. Yeah, it's like the idiot at the liquor store told Zach he's going to call excise. It's like, he's not <laughs> he doesn't have do He doesn't have excise's number. Yeah. No, yeah. So that's that's what I'm saying. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Because like, and also El- Elrod did get shot. Like, the, like this did happen. You're going to see that Robbie's story doesn't match up with what Phillip's tells the sheriff. So the two outrageous Orleanians then claimed that the attack happened that night while they were eating dinner. Robbie, his wife, their baby, and brother-in-law Haycock were sitting at the table when they said that two armed men barged into their home with guns trying to take them out. After a brief shootout, leaving one man dead and another seriously wounded, the two of them decided to make a break for it and go on the run. The two men that they, that they shot, however, were not assassins sent by the mafiosos. Sadly, they were Deputy Harry Smith and Constable Robert McCabe, sent to serve arrest warrants from the brawl and shootout earlier that day. So they shot <laughs> fucking law enforcement? They shot two, they shot two police officers. <laughs> and and, and they, they said that they were like, oh, we didn't know. We, we, we didn't know. And I think I had this written in my notes at some point down the line, but it's like, this is 1906. There's like two fucking cops for like the entire three surround. Or like, if you're a cop back then, everyone knows the town police officers. You know what I, I mean? I was going to say, there's fucking three cops in Orleans now. Hey man, they fucking got one more since 1906. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I, I, I'm going to bring that up later, but I think they, you had to have, they had to have seen them. Mm. So, um, it's a damn good beer. So, like I said, um, they, they'll claim later on that the officers fired first, and they didn't know that they were cops until after it, they got caught. But that just doesn't make any sense to me at all. So here's this is what I um, put down for what most likely happened that night and what probably did happen. So the sheriff at the time, a man named Louis Maris, had gotten a call that very day that Robbie and Haycock, again, who were... N- who were known as low-life tr- troublemakers around the town. They were already known as that. It's like the Sarraz family. That's what these two... Hmm. Or no, I'm not kidding. That's what these two... I can closely compare them to, the Sarraz family. You just know they're like, you know, low-life scoundrels. And they, and they were known around town as that. So it's not like they were like, you know, being like, oh, we have good integrity around town. They were known as pieces of shit. So, um... Hopefully no Sarrazers listen to this podcast. Dude, they can't afford... <laughs> they can't afford, like, a device to listen to this on. You don't know the family. So, um, yeah, so they'd gotten into an argument that day with the aforementioned um, Phillips and Elrod, the, the two uh, brother-in-laws did. So after, after fighting words were said, the argument soon ended with Phillips being beaten to a pulp by Robbie, and after guns were drawn, Elrod had been, had been shot in the arm by Haycock. So, with Robbie's story... Oh, wait, no, sorry. So let me finish this. So Sheriff Maris then sent out Constable Robert McCabe and Deputy Harry Smith to serve warrants for their arrests. So, like he, like Robbie said that, that Phillips picked up a bat and was beating him. And then Elrod, and that's why Elrod shot. But they came there and told Officer Maris that, because Robbie was, again, he was known as a fighter. He was a, he was a ruffian. They, they, he was known as a fighter in the town. Mm-hmm. They said that Robbie fucking beat the shit out of him and then, like, Picked up a picked up like a fucking bat and then fucking beat him with it, and because Robbie, you saw his arrest picture. I don't think he, he didn't look like he got beaten up, did he? Not in the slightest. Yeah, exactly. But Phillips um, had a several wounds, and Elrod had been shot in the arm. 
I like how they, they ran straight to the police station to show the sheriff, like, we got shot and beat up. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so, um, and then he sends the, and he sends the, um, you know, Deputy Harry Smith and Constable Robert McCabe. So, after making their way by horseback to the Haycock household, yeah, I did write Haycock household. Haycock household. <laughs> the two officers made their entrance into the residence, with McCabe entering through the front door and Smith sneaking into the, in, through the back. And that's, and this is where all hell broke loose. Just like Albert Johnson. The, the Indianapolis Star would later report that the, officer, the officers were met with a fusillade of gunfire. Deputy Smith had been shot twice with one bullet lodging itself, it lodging into his spine and the other piercing his heart. McCabe had evaded the, the initial barrage of bullets and managed to run out the front door, but, as soon as, but was soon shot in the back by Haycock, but still managed to crawl to the safety of their neighbor's house. Can you imagine their neighbor's? The guy crawling up the door. You hear a bunch of gunshots. I send a fucking like, because again, they knew. I I guarantee you, they all knew these two police officers. Oh, it's like yeah. it's like they see like their town. Um, which one? Which one got shot? And um, McCabe. Yeah, um, Constable McCabe. And then they see him fucking crawling up to the the fucking <laughs> like help help. <laughs> and it's just like our neighbors fucking suck. <laughs> well, seriously, what did even do back then when shit like that? Because you can't. It's like you can call anyone. <laughs> You gotta fucking get on horse, and you gotta fucking ride. ride into town. It's like Red Dead. It. This is Red Dead. <laughs> this is Red Dead. Seriously, you couldn't fucking call someone on your iPhone. They didn't even have. They didn't even have fucking. Uh, what's it called? Uh, t t telegrams, telegraphs. Did they even have those? Or um, what's that they call like when they press like you know, like they have headphones on, they press like the button thing, and like it sends out like a message. I think it's a telegraph, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, a telegraph. Yeah, did they have that back then? I don't know when that was made. That would be the oldest form of communication, I would think. Yeah. The telegraph. Or the old classic can with strings. <laughs> they have like I think they said like they, they live like ten miles outside of town. <laughs> so can you yeah, so imagine having a ten mile fucking like string can that you're talking to that leads to the sheriff's uh, office. Which I imagine back then was probably just like I don't know, a fucking a plywood shack with like I don't even know what the Orleans Sheriff's Office would look like in 1906. I don't even know what this town. town would look like in 1906. We should have went to the library. That's yeah, we should have. Yeah. We should have. So, um, and this is um, I this um this part I have like uh, recorded as posse time, the form of the posse boys. So a posse of over 200 men were soon brought together, and at ten, yeah, 200 people. And at 10 o'clock that night, the men rode off on horseback and made their way to the house where they found Deputy Smith's cold and robbed corpse. As witnesses said, the two men had robbed his body of his wallet and handgun before they made a break for it. <laughs> yeah, you tell me they didn't know those were the cops. Yeah. Tell me they didn't know those were the cops. You took his wallet. Yeah. You took his wallet. He probably had a badge and shit on him, too. Yes, he had a fucking badge. <laughs> yes, he had a badge. They were wearing uniforms. <laughs> they were wearing uniforms. <laughs> I would assume they were. I get they didn't they wouldn't have went plain clothes to the fucking yeah, to the house to serve warrants someone, to serve yeah. warrants and arrest them yeah, but no yeah so you got two hundred men all going around on horseback looking for these guys God it's just such a weird time to think about <laughs> it really is it's just yeah. can you imagine riding around on a fucking horse all the time <laughs> like, no yeah it's like the, the Amish aggravate me because it's like you don't have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> what well, takes you an hour to get town to town takes us five minutes. Trust me, you're gonna see how you're gonna see exactly how long it took to go on horseback here real soon. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, Sheriff Maris soon notified all surrounding counties of the brothers and asked them for help in capturing them. And while all of this was going on, a large crowd had gathered in nearby Paoli, carrying torches and lengths of rope, and demanding lynching and vengeance. 
the entire like the entire town of Paoli came out with fucking torches and rope trying to like wanted to hang these two. Jesus. God. Like the entire town was just marching through the streets like an angry like I wasn't kidding when I said the angry mob. Like there's like there's like there's like five angry mobs <laughs> doing this, like going out through the night trying to find them. And you got 200 men on horseback. And just because two cops, like one was killed and one was wounded. And they used to like actually respect <laughs> officers back then. <laughs> the, yeah, pe- the entire town yeah. came together to kill two people. Nowadays, like the opposite. <laughs> it's the exact opposite. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's just, it's just crazy to think of all this happening back in the day, like in Paoli. Yeah. Paoli and Orleans, Indiana. Yeah, it really is. Uh, but, it also was during like the lawless days and this was like a small town in Indiana. So it, this is basically like this. It was the shit was still the West back here in this time. Yeah. So now we get to their capture. So at this point, it had been a few days since the murder of deputy Smith. And while there were numerous groups searching for searching the surrounding areas, the mobs were only getting bigger. Hundreds upon hundreds of people took to the streets and demanded justice for deputy Smith, threatening the local law enforcement with what they would do if they found the two murderers first. Like, so with nothing left to lose and looking for any help whatsoever, Sheriff Maris got a hold of the county sheriff before him, a man named Edward Edward R. Lashbrook. Edward R. Lashbrook. Going off, yeah, Edward R. Lashbrook. Interesting names. It's a cool, yeah, really cool name. Old timey names. Edward uh, so I don't think I know anyone like with these last names besides that one. Like now, yes, yeah, like Haycock in Orleans. I don't think there's a Haycock in Orleans. Oh, <laughs> well, you're gonna see what happens to Haycock at the end of this, yeah. But um, yeah, no. So you you have entire like. Like I said, you have hundreds of people like these, like in like four or five mobs, all going through the woods and the cornfields looking for these two guys because 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 they're trying to find them before the cops do because they want to kill them and the cops are like, well, we had to give a fair trial and the people are going, no, 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 no. If we get him first, we outnumber you and you can't do anything to stop us. <laughs> that's what that's essentially what it was because back then, like I said, these there were two police officers in Orleans, so the people literally, if they wanted to just kill someone that was in the local jail, they would just storm the jail and they would just fucking push the cops and they wouldn't beat him up or anything. They would just, you know, hold him down and they would just fucking get the guy out of the jail cell and they would take him out and they would hang him or burn him or whatever. Yeah. Because they used to outnumber the police departments. So they would just go and take people. <laughs> um, so... I wish we could still do that. So, I mean, for all the fucking pedophiles and rapists, yeah, I wish we really yeah. could do that, honestly. So, um, going off pure instinct, Lashbrook went to Robbie's mother's house where he had a gut feeling that the duo might, like, might be hiding out there and his hunch would be correct. It's great police work. <laughs> it's like, hey guys, let's go to his mom's house because no one has ever thought to do that yet. Like this is the first <laughs> time in like a in like a police investigation we're going to someone's mom's house because they might be there. I'm not kidding. He's like going off a hunch, they might be in his mother's house. Fuck. It's like because now we do, we go immediately to the family's house now. Mm-hmm. But back then it just seemed like this was like the first. I don't know why they didn't go there. It makes no sense. It's been two days. You've had you've had hundreds of people and mobs and you have had hundreds of people on horseback and no one thought to go to to his mother's <laughs> house. It's like the first thing they do now. Because that's, that's where they were. <laughs> so, so Lashbrook calmly explained the situation to Robbie's mother on the front porch. And after explaining to her that the two would only be safe from aggressive torture and hanging by a sadistic mob was if they came out with their hands up and went with him and his men quietly. So he was going like, hey, look, you know, you, you want them to go with us because if you don't and the mob finds them first, they're going to get skinned alive and then like thrown off a cliff. <laughs> So the poor old woman thought about it for a moment, and after walking inside for a short period of time, Robbie and Haycock came outside with their hands up. The stolen officer's gun was taken from Robbie's pocket, and the two were loaded into the local into the into the police carriage and escorted to Jeffersonville Jail, over forty miles away. I say Jeffersonville is fucking wow. like down by Kentucky. 
uh, it says 40, over 40 miles yeah. away, but yeah. Um, cause but see, they didn't want to, they, they had to, they did it on purpose because they didn't want to bring him to Paoli because that's where all the, the mobs were. Yeah. So like, we need to take him in the opposite direction. Smart. Yeah, they did. They, they literally. Um, so do, do you guys know how long it took, um, to drive oh, over four, to drive to Jeffersonville on horseback oh, or Lord. in horse carriage? Well, it takes like 45 minutes from Orleans now. Oh, I've got it right here. Um, it was an eight hour trip. <laughs> God. God damn! <laughs> and they they literally they stopped. They only stopped one time for dinner. It's not like they stopped a bunch. They stopped once to get food. I'd be like, "Fuck it, is that the mall take them?" And you know that, and you, and you know they were hauling ass. Like you know, like they were doing the classic, yeah, 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 <laughs> just yeah. whipping the horses. And then it just still took them eight hours to get there. <laughs> eight fucking hours. That's eight hours back home. Eight hours there and back. Sixteen hours to get to Jeffersonville and back. That's like to fucking Georgia in a car. It really is. Mm-hmm. We can make it to Georgia in a car. It took him eight hours to make it to, to make it to Jeffersonville. <laughs> Woo! But yeah, so now we um we get to the court sec um, section because they they did make it to court. They didn't get killed. They thought they were, they thought they were get killed because they the the problem is the reason they stopped once is because the mob all the mobs had caught on like the word had gotten out that they'd been captured. So they were you have people. Chasing, chasing this 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 police carriage <laughs> on like running, and then you have people on horseback trying to catch them too, <laughs> just shooting off guns in the air. These are citizens chasing after a police carriage, just shooting guns in the air, so they're going like, "Bring him out, kill him, burn him," <laughs> just literally. And they're just chasing a police carriage. You got people sprinting. It's just it's mayhem. It probably look like on a Django when they're all fucking with bags over their heads. You mean all the fucking? You mean all the fucking KKK members? <laughs> <laughs> That's probably what it was back in Orleans and fucking. <laughs> It probably was. It probably was, honestly. <laughs> God, I that's awful. So, um, Robbie and Haycock stuck with the same bullshit story about mob hitmen breaking into their house while they were eating dinner, with Robbie claiming that Deputy Smith had fired at him first, so he shot back in self-defense, and Haycock claiming he shot Officer McCabe in order to, in order to protect his wife and her baby. Yeah. Uh, neither men claimed that they knew who the other men were officers until it was too late. So... Like, here's how you know you like they're not telling the whole truth. Like, how do I put it like this? So they were either waiting near the door with guns. Because the officers didn't fire first. I don't fucking believe that. Yeah, no. I don't believe the officers fired first. So here's what here's so they were either they either weren't eating dinner like they said they were, and they were and they were waiting with remember that guy I used to work with, Will Kirk, remember when he got sent to <laughs> yeah, jail? They were either doing that, that dude open just like waiting, him. like with the, with their guns drawn at the doors. So they're either doing that. Or they were eating dinner, but they had their guns loaded next to them. And then, obviously, I mean, I just don't know how you don't know that it's two police officers when they walk in the, the room. Yeah. I, I don't get it. But, so, and also, if they were sitting with their they were sitting with their guns drawn already, I don't believe that, like, they did not know that it was local law enforcement. Like, like I said earlier, it's 1906. They're, like, there's two cops total within the surrounding county. So, basically, they would have had to have known them. You know, it's, it's your local cop. You know them because there aren't that many. Yeah. So, the two men were both slapped with the charge of first-degree murder each, and when brought back to Paoli from Jeffersonville for their trial on April 16th, pleaded not guilty to the judge. <laughs> but after court had begun, the honorable judge, a, um, a man named Aza Elliot, oh, it's, it was a woman, I think, Aza Elliot. It's a weird-ass name for 1906. A.S.A. Elliot. Um... Asked, yeah, I know there's some Elliot's in Paoli. It's probably a descendant. <laughs> probably. Yeah, so um, asked the two desperate desperados, name and title, if they had a lawyer. 
And after telling them that they didn't, the judge, the, the job of representing the two cop killers went into the hands of a lawyer named William Throop. <laughs> Dan, the Paley Elementary School is named Throop. It's named after William Throop. Oh, probably, honestly, is. I don't see how it's not. Yeah. I don't see how it's not. Throop Elementary. Yeah, no, yeah. How's it spelled? Is it T-H-R-O-P? Yeah, R-O-O-P. Yeah, that's what Throop. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just Throop. William Throop. Yeah, well, he represented these two back in the day. Damn. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, but also, these two idiots did, had, didn't even have legal representation. <laughs> yeah, they didn't even have a lawyer, a public defender, or anything. They didn't have shit. So, um, after a quick recess was given, uh, because they because they had to talk to their attorney for the first fucking time. <laughs> after a short recess was given uh, with the men and their lawyer to ponder their options, both Haycock and Robbie came back and decided to change their pleas to guilty instead of not guilty. I think because the lawyer was like, okay, so what'd you guys do again? And you pleaded not guilty? <laughs> oh, no, you're going to hang. I think, yeah, yeah I, you know, that's what happened. I guarantee you, like, he, because, because what it's, it's, it made it sound like they, when they were talking to the judge, it's like, it's like, okay, do you boys have a lawyer? No. No, we, no, what's a lawyer? That, that's, that, and then, like, they were like, and then she was like, okay, I'll give you one. So she, like, had to call this guy in to cover. And then he, like, looked at their case, was like this. And you're pleading not guilty? It's like, no, you guys need to change that right now or they're just going to fucking hang you. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I think that's what it made it sound like that happened in the court. Yeah. Um, well, because well, it's because the lawyer probably told them that there was like an 80 percent chance they would lose and hang if, they, if like if they somehow didn't lose and they would get lynched and hanged by the harassing by the haranguing mob that was just outside. So they're probably dead either. Like, but that's what happened. going to jail. Yeah, but. he was like, there's like there's like a fucking 90 percent chance you're going to lose this and hang. And if you win, then the mob outside is going to fucking kill you. <laughs> That those were their two options. Because there were, there, again, the mobs were still outside the court with pitchforks, with torches for four, like four days now. Or like, no, it's this is like, wait, when was this again? This is like fucking. No, this is like a fucking month later. And they're still, still outside. Pissed. They're still mad. Damn. They're going like, either you hang or we will. That's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. That's the attitude. So. With the clang, um, with the clang of a gavel and a stern voice, Judge Elliott sentenced the men to spend the rest of their lives in the Indiana State Prison in Michigan City. So, like I said, if they pled not guilty, then they have a then they have a chance to like have a full trial of evidence. But since they, you know, pled guilty, the judge because you know they they have to plead their case for not guilty. They had the yeah. evidence, so the judge was like this. All right, well here's your sentence then. Yeah, and so and that's what they got. So, um, the both of them never stopped claiming their innocence of the incident. While they did not deny the killing, but they denied knowing that both men were cops and that they were sure the officers were assassins sent to their house by the mob. That's what they, 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 they never, they never said they didn't do it. They never said that they were like, we believe that they were mob assassins. Uh, the two men stood in front of the parole board on numerous occasions trying to get out, but it would become apparent that the in-laws were not as close as they appeared. They flip on each other. <laughs> so Haycock eventually began to flip on Robbie, and on November fifteenth, nineteen fifteen, managed to convince the board that it had been Robbie that fired the fatal shot that killed Deputy Smith. After having his prison sentence pardoned by Governor Samuel Ralston, Haycock was a free man. But the following year, his pardon was revoked by the new governor, James Goodrich. So, so like the last one let him out, and this guy, like, I don't know. I don't know why he cared so much, but he was like, well, I'm revoking your pardon. You're going yeah. back to prison. Yeah. Um, however, Oliver Haycock made a break for it at some point in his year of freedom with his whereabouts unknown and his story lost to time. So we don't know what happened to Haycock. He just disappeared. He, he just disappeared. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's just gone. 
I got fucking raped by the mobs. I don't know. You, I don't know what happened. Well, okay, okay, again, it's 1915. Like, remember this. You could just give yourself a new name and move like 30 minutes away. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And you'd be safe for like 20 years. Because again, mm-hmm. it took it took eight hours to go 40 miles. You could literally just move a town over, like two towns over, and just change your name, and like you'd be fine for like literally like the rest of your life. This is 1915. You could That's do true. a lot. You could do a lot. Um, Robbie finally man- managed to earn his parole on July 11th, 1922, and spent the rest of his days with his wife until passing on June 8th, 1928, at the age of 46. Still claiming that he did not know it was the officers that broke into his house that night, and still claiming that it had, that it, it had been his sadistic brother, Oliver Haycock, who had fired the fatal shot. And that's the end of On the Run in Orleans. Good story. That was good. Do you guys think, okay, thoughts? Two people are fucking crazy. They're fucking, they just, they just don't think about repercussions, Dave. That's the problem. Clearly. Like, they didn't think about, like, you know, what's going to happen after we, okay, yeah, like, yeah, you know, like, we're going to shoot John L. Rod in the arm and I'm going to beat the fuck out of Chad Phillips or whatever. Is it Chad Phillips? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And then, God, fucking, I get, you can't tell me they didn't know those were police officers <laughs> that came in that, through that door. You can't tell me. And you can't tell me. I honestly think they were fucking just sitting there waiting. I don't think they were eating dinner. No, oh, yeah. I don't think they were eating dinner. I don't think they were. Um, but no, I'm, I'm really glad I got to find that story. That's cool. Uh, yeah, it really, it really, it really is cool to um, hear about a, a true crime story from Orleans. Yeah. Even though it was back in the day. I mean, I'm sure I'll, I probably could find maybe something else from Orleans. Maybe like one other story if it exists. Probably, yeah. But I don't probably know. recently, honestly. Yeah, probably very, uh, yeah, probably very recently. A bunch of meth labs blowing up down there. Ooh, exploding <laughs> meth lab episode. We can do that. I see it. <laughs> um, but no, Tate, what'd you think? It was badass. <laughs> God, I'm not kidding. The mob thing really set me over the edge. She but, put so much emphasis on the fact that there were literally just like five or six mobs of people. It's like the uh, Simpsons movie when Homer and them are stuck in their house and the whole. That's what it was. That's what it was. That's what this was. It was a Simpsons movie, like the scene with the mob. That's what this was. There were just people walking around going like this. You better find them before we do, cops. Like just that, or like you guys better find them before we do, because we're gonna fucking cut their heads off and play soccer with them. Like that's what that's what they were doing. Um, yeah, no, like I said, people used to, if people wanted something, they just used to fucking just go and take it. And it's just a huge group. It's like, we can, we're all going to team up to go fucking kill a man today, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I'm glad you guys liked this week's episode. It was a bit of a shorty. Um, next week I'll be back with a, I don't know. I'm, again, I'm still picking which, what it's going to be out of two, but I'll, I'll decide by next week. But you guys are going to like either one of the ones I have chosen. Um, yeah, no, so guys, appreciate um, you, everyone listening. Follow socials, the Skeleton Key Podcast. Um, we are on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and uh, YouTube. We're going to be back. Those are going to be back. I'm up only today. two behind. So. Yeah, I know. Or I know. Technically, one after and then two. Guess, That's so. true. Yeah, no, you're good. You'll catch up fast. But no, yeah, so give us the follow and support. We really um, appreciate it. And um, yeah, that's all I got for this week. Until next week, uh, everyone, take it easy and stay safe out there. Later. <laughs>